Oh, right. what are we doing, Luke? What are we watching? How much blood is coming out of this man? What the hell just happened? What are you looking at? Darkness? Yeah, darkness. The head went all the way in. I knew that was coming out tonight. We got our first made-for-television movie tonight. We did a cast a deadly spell from HBO. And Luke, if I were to say the word HBO, like when do you think, like what year do you think that became a thing? Okay, well, so, you know, I didn't, you know, immigrate to uh, North America until uh, 1989. Uh, And it wasn't until about 1990, 1991, when I even learned of HBO when I was looking at it, I didn't realize that it had been around since 1972, and it and it was mostly um it was mostly like sports. It paved the way for ESPN and other networks like that. That's right, and it wasn't it wasn't really like a it didn't have its own like original programming until right around the time when this movie came out, a little bit earlier too. But uh, actually, throughout the 80s, they were making movies. They were either producing movies or they had other people produce their movies. Like I, when we were going to watch this one, I was like, oh, this has got to be like one of the first HBO Pictures movies, but it's not. <laughs> they were making them throughout most of the 80s. Oh, they were. Okay. Well, yeah. So this is, this, I mean, this came out in 1991. Uh, so it's, so, so it was right in the middle of that, I suppose. Um, and yeah, it's an HBO original production. See, I always just assume that HBO, uh, you know, like started when I was a kid in the 90s. Um, I, there's a good reason why I believe that is because that's when it really picked up in popularity was like the early nineties. I always thought of HBO when I was a kid as like, uh, that like sexy TV network. Cause it had like, you know, you could swear and you can have naked people on it. And it had, uh, had that show real sex. You remember that one? Oh, hell yeah, dude. I, of course I remember real sex. I would like, like seek that out, man. Whenever, dude, whenever like, uh, HBO would do their like free weekends, which was, you know, never, yeah. and you, there's no way yeah. you could like figure that shit out back in the day because it was you know the early 90s so the internet wasn't a thing uh i remember just, i was just ch- like randomly check you know every so often on the weekend i'm like oh shit fucking hbo is on and uh you could watch a few unedited movies that you know you want to watch for a while and if you stayed up you know past your bedtime after your parents went to bed you could probably find some fucking sexy ass shit on there HBO was one of those channels. It was three channels in particular I did this with. Um, if if there's anybody that on the younger side that listens to us, which I don't think there is, but anyway, if there happens to be, uh, back when we were kids, they used to um, uh, scramble TV channels. I'm, I'm sure you remember this. Oh, of course. Well, you'd have you would have you'd be able to hear everything like normal. And then you'd see like two halves of a screen, sort of, and it would like jump around. And I used to watch HBO Cinemax and the Playboy Channel scrambled, hoping to like catch a glimpse of things. Oh, I went. I Listen, went. you know, like in, in uh, HBO was uh, Real Sex. I always watched that scrambled. And uh, on Playboy channels, they had that like uh, uh, talk show, like Night Calls or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Night Calls. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I the lengths the lengths we went to as teenagers. What I would do, you ready for this? I would uh, I would record, all right the uh, the scrambled stuff, right? And oh, I absolutely did as well. For those that remember this, <laughs> shit, 
you know, you could record stuff when you have a VHS that could record stuff off the TV. You could record it, and uh, there's an uh, an option on there or, or a feature on there that where you know if your picture wasn't good, something was you know scrambled or looking scrambled. You could, uh, what do you call it? Tuning, right? You could tune it. Tracking. Or tracking. Tracking. Track, you could track it. That's right. So what I would do is I would I would record Playboy porn on these, uh, you know, these VHS tapes. And uh, then I would try and track it. And so the VHS would, like, make it look the way it's supposed to. And, uh, dude, the fucking lengths I went to to get some porn, <laughs> it never fucking worked. It, it was always terrible. No, it would clear it up enough to where you could see like the left half of the screen on the right and the right half of the screen on the left and you just sort of have to like right. mentally put it together. It was all bad. It was just it was yeah. like a nightmare. <laughs> like I'm like, "Oh yeah, this this is kind of titillating, but it really wasn't." But uh no, going back to your uh, you know, original thought with HBO, like dude, like fucking HBO, I remember and I don't know if this is from this exact time or not, but I remember like this theme song. Do you remember this? fucking love that thing it's just the uh you know like it's from the 80s whenever i uh i saw that little intro uh that used to get me so pumped as a kid it, it was this this cool little intro that hbo would do in front of all of their like especially like their original programming and it was like uh like a pan over like a miniature obviously a miniature town right it was all fake and it would like pan over and you see like cars driving by and like there's all these people turning on their TVs and they're all turning on HBO. And then that fucking music would start playing and it would just fucking give me goosebumps. And I just, you know, just the first uh, comment of that YouTube video that I got that music from says, uh, if I close my eyes, uh, I can picture my parents' house when I was a kid. And that's exactly what I think of. I'm like, man, I remember being a kid seeing that shit. And like, because it also signified like, man, I'm going to see some fucking tits and ass tonight. It's going to be great. <laughs> no, I do remember that because um, I, when I was younger, I had, uh, and I think I talked about this with my brother, Nick, when we were talking about Predator. We had certain movies recorded on VHS and uh, we had Rambo First Blood Part 2 on off of HBO. And we watched that one enough. And I, you know, somewhere along the line, I didn't realize it was playing on HBO. So I like in my head, I thought that was part of Rambo, <laughs> you know, that and then also the um, the TriStar logo with the oh, sure. Pegasus jumping over the T. I thought yeah. that was just part of Rambo. I didn't realize that that was like a thing for other movies as well. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, that's uh, I miss that. I miss those old school like '80s, ni- early '90s logos. Man, they don't do anymore. You know, those companies don't exist anymore, or you know, or whatever. Um, but uh, man, yeah, I-, I absolutely remember that stuff. I remember we- I would get chills as a kid. Like, okay, man, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. Like, I don't even know what this is, but the Pegasus is here, so we're uh, we're in good company. <laughs> So, so our HBO movie that we watched tonight is called uh, Cast a Deadly Spell from 1991, starring Fred Ward and Julianne Moore and Clancy Brown. Those are the big names that are in it. And, great um, cast. Great cast. Yeah, great cast. And this movie is generally like well-received. 
like it's got a high score on IMDb and people talk about it. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. So we uh, we figured we'd check this one out tonight. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's, as uh, as part of uh, Lovecraftian summer, it turned out to be a no brainer. Even though this was a movie that um, I, I personally have never heard of until uh, me neither. Well, I call like a week or two ago, uh, right? You mm-hmm. as well, right? Uh, yeah, same. We, we've uh, this is a, you know this came out in 1991, um, and um, yeah, we've we've never heard of it. You know, it stars uh, you know Fred Ward, who we lost this year. Uh, you know, R.I.P. Uh, and uh, amongst this, you know, really amazing cast, it was a young cast at the time, and uh, all these uh, or almost all these people uh, ended up, you know went on to have uh, fantastic careers. And when we were researching Lovecraft movies, this is one that came up and we're like, yeah, this fuck. Yeah. Let's, let's put this on here. Um, and uh, man, it, it's a weird one. Uh, it, the, give you a, a quick plot synopsis. I'm going to just going to go off the uh, Wikipedia page. Cause they have a really good one. Uh, Ward stars as a 1948 hardboiled private detective. Uh, called uh, Harry Philip Lovecraft, H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft, in a fictional L.A. where magic is real, monsters and mythical beasts stalk the back alleys, zombies are used as cheap labor, and everyone, except Lovecraft, uses magic every day. Yet cars, telephones, and other modern technology coexist with the magic in this world. <laughs> That's where... Our plot is pretty much going to stop because this movie is a confusing one to follow. Well, it, you know, it's funny because the the basic plot thread shouldn't be that hard to follow because basically what happens is HP, you know, uh, Fred Ward, he's hired by a wealthy mogul uh, called Amos Hackshaw, uh, who's played by David Warner, who's been in fucking everything everything uh, yeah and last scene here on uh review to death on um uh, in the mouth of madness so hp is hired by a wealthy uh mogul called amos hackshaw to find his chauffeur uh larry willis who has stolen the necronomicon uh and he has 48 hours to get it back for, for some reason i don't you know whatever the the time period they don't is one of those things they don't explain and and it's um, they really hit the nail on the head with this being like a film noir movie because it's all in there. You got the narration, you got the rain, although the rain is blood for some reason. <laughs> you got the you got the damsels in distress. You got the double crosses. You got the triple crosses. You got you know the the forties era jazz music and the suits and the smoking and the booze drinking and it's all there. And uh, it's fun to see sort of that horror film noir mass mashup, but. Man, there's just so many bizarre things that happen and none of it seems to connect to each other. So there's a lot of, you know, investigation going on in this as, uh, you know, you know, private uh, private Dick Lovecraft is trying to figure out what the hell is happening and, and how to track this uh, Necronomicon down. But uh, man, it really does. It, it kind of goes from one scene to the next uh, without, you know, too much uh, connective tissue. And uh, man, it, it gets pretty random and, and, and weird. Uh, the more the movie goes on, it's uh, I mean, it's it's well directed. It looks great. The special effects are pretty pretty damn good. You know, this uh, 
you know, it's it's a it's a lower budget HBO production, but it looks really good. Well, there's no payoff, so it gets pretty boring because it's slower paced, which could be fine, you know, if they're you know it's like a mystery and they're figuring things out. But nothing that Fred Ward does seems to further the story at all, except for the beginning. I, I would I would argue with the beginning. I was I was with the movie 100 percent because it's a really weird. Uh, it's kind of like you know that that. That uh, Will Smith movie that came out on uh, Netflix uh, a couple of years ago called Bright, or was yeah. like a detective in a in a world of magic, right? Remember, remember yeah. that that came out. I do, and uh, <laughs> I think I, that I, one also sort of bombed. Did, did you watch that one? I I saw it. I I didn't. I I don't think uh, I didn't watch it. I think I got caught up enough in the reviews where people said that they didn't like it at all, and then I didn't, yeah. you know feel the need to waste my time with it oh yeah it's a hot fucking mess and it was a really expensive netflix produced mess with uh you know i you know a big a-list at the time star with you know will smith and this is what this reminds me of a little bit uh but you know obviously you know starting fred ward uh, at the beginning it does kind of tie in a little bit you know he, he goes to this one place to investigate this uh you know the the house of this of this uh, chauffeur uh, Larry Willis, and uh, there's a the mechanic there who's working on a car, and the car is full of gremlins, and they they literally look like gremlins from the Gremlins, and uh, he starts fucking shooting at him, and he's fucking blowing the room to bits, and uh, in the fucking brouhaha, uh, Lovecraft finds a note that leads him to the Dunwich room, and then which is a nightclub, you know, this 1948 uh, era nightclub uh, where Connie Stone sings. This is famous singer who is a former lover of his. And Connie Stone is played by Julianne Moore. And uh, that kind of, you know, furthers the plot a little bit. But after that, uh, I feel like the the investigation scenes uh, aren't really connected that much to each other. It just kind of goes from one weird thing to another. They're not, yeah. And, and Julianne Moore, as good as an actress she is, she's not in the movie enough to save it very much. Fred Ward is doing a great job, and uh, David Warner is his typical, you know, <laughs> smug self. Like he plays that really well. And um, uh, Clancy Brown is like our villain, or who we think is our main villain, is fucking great as always. We love us some Clancy Brown here on the podcast. Last time we saw him was when we watched. Uh, the Mortuary Collection, which was our very first movie in our Halloween series last year. And he's great here, too. He plays a, a character called Harry Borden, and he's like a connected, like a mob type character. It, it, he almost, almost kind of becomes like a red herring for a bad guy. You know, it, it ends up being, um, you know, Amos. Well, he's an absolute a- red herring. He gets thrown yeah. away at the end. I, I, absolutely right. It ends up being Amos Hackshaw. You know, David, David Warner's character becomes, you know, he... He wants the Necronomicon because uh, he wants to um, resurrect the uh, the old ones. You know, he, he wants a, you know Cthulhu was mentioned in there. A few of the other old ones are mentioned in there. We might get like a little Cthulhu sighting at the end, but if it's meant to be Cthulhu, it's it's one of the worst ones I've seen. Yeah, we couldn't really figure out if that was supposed to be him or not. I, I think I kind of see, I kind of saw the uh, you know the uh, the tentacle beard. Uh, but he kind of like he eats. He ends up eating Amos, uh, and then he kind of like retreats slowly into back into his volcano lair. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of tough to tell. But um, 
yeah, it's uh it's super random and weird, which is uh kind of the uh well, kind of this movie's MO. That's the whole movie. I mean, we <laughs> we just summed it up for you. There are some things that are, you know, sort of good, like that gremlin thing in the car, those models were all good. There's this um there's this kitchen fight scene, which we for the life of us cannot figure out why it even happened, but there's a pretty cool monster in that one. Yeah, that that part is fucking sweet, man. Like, I, but again, like it's so inscrutable, right? Because like, well, it's like Clancy Brown's like right hand man is in this diner with uh, you know H.P. Lovecraft, you know Fred Ward. You know he's talking to uh, you know, Hackshaw's daughter, you know, just about stuff, and like he writes the the right hand man like writes down this weird code on a paper. And has the waiter bring it over to the other guy, and like Fred Ward freaks out and goes back to the kitchen, and they're real scared of this paper. And then a monster pops out of a thing of soup. Yeah, like it's like a big old pot of soup that all of a sudden just starts like growing, and it's got you know whatever is inside of it is like punching out, and so he's like making dents in the uh, in this pot and this fucking and it's like arguably really cool looking like creature pops out of it so it looks like it's like it's made of bone and it uh it kills the uh what who is that dude like the the fucking the the owner of the, the wait, restaurant the or, waiter i don't know who knows whatever yeah he punches through his chest it's probably the goriest part of the movie and um and then he then he fucks off and then we never see that again and <laughs> no they don't they don't address it. Right. There's a cool like gargoyle type character that shows up throughout the movie and you get a couple of scenes when he's like cuz I think he's like sort of creating himself throughout the movie and then finally towards the end he can like move around and be a person. Well, it's a good suit. It's full makeup. Well, I think it's it's it, it, he's being controlled by Amos Hackshaw. Like okay. he's, he's he's following, you know, HP Lovecraft throughout the movie cuz you see those like those black and white shots whenever he's driving. Yeah. That that's I going to go ahead and assume that's you know supposed to symbolize him flying and uh you know following uh fred ward around uh but uh yeah it's funny because he's kind of at the end of the movie he's kind of like relegated to like dancing in the background basically (laughs) yeah just being excited and dancing yeah there's another funny part there's another funny part where uh you know him and uh hp lovecraft are having a fight and uh lovecraft is shooting him and his gun runs out of bullets and like the gargoyle just like puts his hands on his hips and is like are you fucking kidding me yeah 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 he literally does that like he he puts his hands on his hips and he, he looks at him and it's like that meme uh from that one cricket match where he just looks at him like really like really <laughs> are, you, are you serious it's it, the the movie is i can't stress enough how weird this one is you guys it's uh it's funny at times it's gory very unfrequently at times the story is an absolute fucking mess it's very fucking racist Oh, this movie's got problems. Yeah, it has got problems, Luke. Besides, besides the fact that there's magic uh, that people just use all the time, like anyone can use magic. The only one that refuses to use magic is Lovecraft, right? So that's kind of like the joke a little bit. But uh, zombies exist in this world, uh, but the only zombies we ever see are African Americans and, like, I think, like one Mexican person. They have no lines and they just stumble around and they fall over and they act stupid. And yeah, there's not 
there is not a zombie that is not a black or brown person in the movie. Yeah, not a single one. It's uh, it's it's it, it's it's all black or brown people that are, are are zombies and they act like buffoons and they're the butt of jokes and it fucking sucks i guess you know i shouldn't be surprised if they moved this movie in the early 90s i you know it's one of those things to where you look back on your child and you're like yeah yeah no that's fucking stupid and uh people were super racist even even when we were kids even though at that time we didn't think about it that way but it's like it's blatant man yeah. and then there's also some uh there's some homophobia. One of the characters. Yeah, there's that too. I forgot to mention that. Because Larry, the chauffeur, is a gay man. And they're, obviously all the other characters have a lot of disdain for this character because of that. Oh, dude, Fred Ward's character, our main character, H.P. Lovecraft, at one point, uh, he's, again, he's he's trying to uh, get information out of him. And he's, he tells him something. And uh, I, I'm not going to get this quote exactly right, but it's close enough. He says something like, uh, "Oh, where'd you get that? One of your fag parties?" You know, it's like it's like that. It's uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it's pretty blatant. I was surprised, man, because like, man, 1991. I thought it was gonna be not like this. This this felt like something out of uh, I don't know, man, the fucking 70s or early 80s. Uh, you know, tone wise, you know, as far as that kind of stuff is concerned, I was uh, I was pretty shocked, man. This is pretty crazy. Uh, so, you know, if that's not reason enough for you not to watch this movie in the first place, I mean, it, you know, the 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 shoddy storytelling should be much more than enough. Yeah, there's there's a lot working against this movie. Um, you know, it already wasn't like, you know, it wasn't going to be my favorite movie uh, from the get go. And then all of a sudden they started throwing all this other, you know, you know, racist, and homophobic stuff in there. And um, I, I, I checked out about halfway through if i'm being honest yeah it, my my interest in this movie slowly well not actually slowly then my interest in this movie quickly went away after like the first 20 minutes yeah yeah because you know it, it it looks great uh it's shot really well you know it's directed by uh, a guy named martin campbell and he's uh he's a great director he's a great director he still is working today uh he's directed you know movies that you have seen uh even if you're not a horror fan uh, he's directed uh, Casino Royale. He's directed movies like uh, Mask of Zorro. He's directed Marcus and I is one of our favorite fucking guilty pleasures, uh, Vertical Limit. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, we, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> we mentioned this last time. In our last movie that we were watching, we talked about Vertical Limit. And we have to talk about this for a second because we went to go see this in the theaters. And I don't know, we were in our 20s or whatever like that. Sure. And this theater... This movie did not do well. And it's like the two of us assholes sitting in a theater with like maybe 10 other people. And they're setting up this movie to be super suspenseful. And like got like this rock climbing thing going on in the beginning. And somebody falls. And then the music, then the movie does the most ridiculous edit to like a peaceful scenery of like, you know, birds <laughs> chirping and it's sunny outside. And then the body just comes out of nowhere and hits the ground. And Luke and I lost our shit obviously see him land at first but then they have this like tranquil scene like marcus was saying and it's a uh, like a still shot uh and that's where the body ends up and uh oh my god it is the most unintentionally funny fucking thing but but <laughs> that does not negate the fact that uh martin campbell is a good director because he is 
Uh, and, and he directs the shit out of this uh, cast of Deadly Spell, this, this made-for-TV HBO movie. But, uh, man, the script is a fucking nightmare uh, for the most part. And it's uh, it makes it tough to, uh, tough to recommend. You know, this might be the most racist movie we've watched in our Lovecraft series. We've talked at length about how stories can be that way. And, Luke, you uh, caught up with the Reanimator short story. So I, uh, I read it recently and i finished it and um it's a pretty good story probably my least favorite of the ones i've read so far because it was written in segments and it was written in the early part of uh lovecraft's career and he was writing it for like his friend's magazine so you could tell he fucking didn't want to do it uh each segment begins with like a recap of what happened in the last segment which makes it like kind of monotonous and kind of tough to read but man i you know, I, I, I read, you know, the uh, some some other stories by him where you could, you know, the racism and the xenophobia was fairly subtle. But in the uh, Herbert West reanimator story, it's it's horrible. It's really fucking bad, uh, especially. And I think it's uh, the, the fourth or third segment when he talks about a, a, a black boxer. It's, it's, it's right there in your face. And then to watch this movie tonight, this cast a deadly spell. And to have the uh, you know like the zombies uh, you know being portrayed by African Americans and, and and Mexican people, giving them absolutely no dignity and being their basically making them the butt of uh, you know slapstick jokes, you know, kind of drives it home and it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I, I'm sure it did as yours as well, Marcus. And uh, agreed. It, it, it's it's tough. It's uh, it's tough. Because we're, we're horror fans, but at the same time, you know, this, this is this is hard stuff to digest, uh, and it's uh, it, it shouldn't be ignored, and then it, it definitely, uh, you know, it needs to be addressed because it's uh, it's pretty fucking awful. So, Luke, give me your final thoughts on Cast a Deadly Spell. So, Cast a Deadly Spell is a movie that I didn't know existed until, uh, like, like I said before, a couple of weeks ago, uh, when I started doing research for, uh, you know, Lovecraftian movies to, to check out. And I feel like it's a movie that should stay buried. Uh, it's a movie that you don't need to check out. Um, it's not compelling enough uh, on any level uh, to be enjoyable. And uh, on top of that, it's also uh, a pretty racist and homophobic, and uh, yeah, it could it could go fuck itself. <laughs> so I'm guessing you don't recommend people watch this. I one. don't recommend you watch this movie. Yes, <laughs> I, I I agree. Um, you know, I did make this comment to Luke while we were watching the movie, and it's like uh, you know, only HBO would have made a movie like this in the. You know, 90s, no other major motion picture would have made this weird a movie. And I, and I, you know, you can appreciate the thought in that. But, um, you know, confusing ass story and uh, slow pace aside, it's also pretty problematic. And uh, for that reason alone, it, I, I can't recommend watching it. I don't think, uh, I think most people would not enjoy themselves. I don't completely understand the uh the good reviews this one gets. So, uh, yeah, leave Cast a Deadly Spell alone. Agreed. But since we watched a movie tonight that was uh, pretty pretty straight along the lines of film noir, without further ado, it's uh, film noir movie quiz time.
great. Let's go. So our quiz tonight is going to be a little bit different. Actually, it's going to be a lot different in that I don't really have any questions for you, but you got you got a task that you got to complete. Oh, no. I'm not good at tasks. <laughs> <laughs> so I so when I was doing my, uh, my research for this quiz, I did start with film noir movies, but there, there's a lot of them out there and there's a lot of them I haven't seen and they're all like from the 40s and 50s. And uh, there was no way I was going to be able to do a quiz like that uh, with you tonight, Luke, because I knew that if it was given to me, I, I would get a zero. You know, I would not sure. be able to tell these movies apart. So uh, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about modern film noir movies. Okay. All right. Might do better than that. Right here, I got the top 10 modern film noir movies list off of IMDb. So your task tonight is I want you to name those 10 movies to the best of your ability. Okay. Right? I will tell you. I will tell you when you get one. Okay. Right? Um, you can keep guessing until you run out of guesses. Okay. Hey, what's my, uh, my, my range here? Like what years? Just, uh, I'm glad you asked. Cause that was another thing I was going to give you. All right. Okay. So of these 10 movies, the latest movie, right? The, the, uh, no, the, yeah. Like the oldest movie sure. is from, is from 1995. 1995. Okay. Okay. So we're not going to get before 1995. Okay. Okay. All right. And the newest movie on this list is in 2014. So you're looking between 1995 and 2014. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. My first guess is going to be Sin City. Is Sin City Sin City there? is definitely on there. Okay. And that's number seven. So if you want to like piece of paper or anything like that, you might be helpful to you. Okay. But you got Sin City. That is number seven. All right. So Sin City, man, there's this, uh, there's this movie with Tobey Maguire. I can't fucking remember what it's called. You know, I'm going to skip that one. I'll go back to that one. How about uh, LA Confidential? LA Confidential is definitely on there. That's uh, number four. Okay, so that's LA. And that movie was that movie came out in 1997, and Sin City was 2005, which is a uh, uh, more more years ago than I remember it. Yeah, I know. It's pretty depressing when you fucking actually look up when movies came out and you're like, oh, this came out like last year, right? No, it came out 14 years ago. Um, how about, is Dark City on there? I doubt that it is, but... Dark City is not on there. It's not on there. Okay. How about Mystic River? Mystic River, is that on there? Mystic River is not on there. Not on there. Okay, okay. Uh, how about uh, Gone Girl? Gone Girl is on there. It's number five. Number five. Okay, so Gone Girl... Oh, uh, Brick. Brick's got to be on there. Brick is not on there. What? <laughs> God, dude, Brick is like... It's not. I, I I was surprised myself. It's not. Oh, man. Brick is like... Like, that's the... You know, that was like the big noir movie at the time. That, this probably, that probably came out a long time ago. Uh, hmm. And if, and if you're hitting a brick wall, I do have one more layer of hints I can give you. Yeah, hit me with some hints. All right, so here you go. I'm going to give you some actors. Are okay. you ready? Yeah, yeah. So of the remaining movies, all right, I'm going to say some actors. Okay. Ryan Gosling, Jake Gyllenhaal, Al Pacino, Brad Pitt, Josh Brolin, Guy Pierce. Oh, Guy Pierce. I know that one. Okay, I'm gonna, can I can I give, guess one right now? Yep. Memento. Yep, you got it. Memento. That's number two. Okay, Memento. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that one is a really good fucking movie, dude. If you haven't seen Memento, fucking go see Memento. It's I have. It's been a while. That one came out in 2000. You're still missing those two from 1995. 1995. So you got Gosling on there, you said. 
mm-hmm. would you consider Drive? Absolutely, Drive is number ten. Okay, all right, all right. Drive, Drive is a good movie. I fucking love Drive, man. I fucking love that soundtrack too. It's so good. So you got you got Jake Gyllenhaal, you got Jake Josh G- Brolin. Okay, it, you got Al Pacino, you got Brad Pitt. Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm gonna go with um, Nightcrawler. Is that Nightcrawler? Yep. Okay. You got it. Right. Nightcrawler is number Nightcrawler is number nine. Okay, Nightcrawler. That's a newer one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Pacino, really? That's a uh, man. What the fuck did he direct? And or not direct? It's, one of, it's one of the ones from 1995. 1995 was that like? I mean, Heat. Yes, Heat. You got it. Heat is considered no like neo noir. I guess it it's is. like yeah, noir action. Yeah, if you think about yeah, it. Okay. I, yeah. All right. At first, I was like, so you're I'm, missing number. You're missing number eight. And you're missing number one. And you're missing number six. So I'm missing three of them. Is seven one of them? Seven. Seven is number one. Seven is number one. Okay. Oh, Mulholland Drive. It's gotta be. Yes. Okay. All right. Mulholland Drive. What's number six? Got Josh Brolin in it. It's about a serial killer. Tommy Lee Jones is also in it. Oh fuck. Tommy Won Lee Academy Lee. Awards. It's a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, dude. Oh, all right. Yeah, I got it. It's um, No Country for Old Men. You got it. You got all 10, uh, man. Good job. Nice. Nice. Uh, that was a, that's a good one. That's a good quiz. And that made me think. The Reviewed to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Reviewed to Death. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next. We're coming up next. We're going to do a follow-up to our uh, Reanimator review, and that's 1990 Bride of Reanimator, starting Jeffrey Combs. That's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. This is the Necronomicon? Yeah. Or a fake. It's the fake Necronomicon. Is it raining blood? Okay. It just, just rains blood, man. That would really suck, by the way. Yeah, man. You ruined so much clothes. Oh, God. Yeah, like... Like, hey, listen, I uh, can I stay here for until this like blows over? <laughs> like, I only have like the one suit.